you have your Bibles, I want you to open them with me. In the scriptures, it's very clear in the book of Matthew 24, Jesus said something that is powerful. He compares us to eagles. He calls Christians eagles, believers eagles. He said, wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will gather. He's referring to his own body, his own carcass. And he said, when I present a meal, speaking of communion, the eagles will gather. He likens the believer to an eagle. Isaiah said that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength like an eagle. Psalms 103 says he satisfies our mouth with good things, speaking of that table, and it renews our youth like an eagle. Psalms 34 said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's something interesting in Deuteronomy chapter 14. It talks about the dietary laws that the Hebrews had under the old covenant. And it forbids them to eat certain food. There were birds they could eat, and there were birds they could not eat. But it's so interesting, and I preached a whole sermon on this many years ago, and I'm not going to do that today. But I was reminded of it in study this week that in Deuteronomy 14, he says, but you're not to eat eagle. He forbids his people to eat the eagle. Because he likened you and I to eagles, and the apostle Paul put it this way in the New Testament. He said, don't bite and devour one another. He said, you bite and devour one another. And I preached a sermon. This was my title. It's illegal to eat eagle. <laughs> you bite and devour one another. You, you're eagles. You're chosen. You're God called. You're of the same family. And you bite and devour one another. And God said, stop that. It's illegal to eat eagle. Now I want to show you something in Matthew 12. Because this is what Matthew 12, Jesus in verse 25 said. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them. Now watch the, watch the progression now. Watch it. Every kingdom... Divided against itself is brought to desolation. I just want to pause right there and I want you to give me your full attention because this is powerful. Any kingdom that is divided against itself will be brought to desolation if they don't deal with it. And then he goes even lower from kingdom and every city that is divided will come to desolation. And every house, the family, the home that is divided will come to desolation against itself and will not stand. And then he goes one layer lower and he says, and if Satan cast out Satan, watch these words, he or you, it's a principle, is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? So you go from a divided kingdom to a divided city to a divided house to a divided individual. 
But notice if you flip that around, you get the way that it ends up being a divided kingdom. It starts with the individual who becomes divided from God and his word, more and more distant from God. And then that division of not being close to him, being one with him, suddenly it spreads to the house. If you invert it, it goes from the individual to the house. Suddenly the marriage is divided. The family is divided. And then from the house, it goes to the city. And then from the city, it goes to the nation or the kingdom. But it all comes back down to the individual relationship with Jesus Christ. If we would all fall in love and be one with him, then it would affect the house. It would heal the divide. It would affect the city. It would heal the divide. It would affect the nation. It would heal the divide. Not that we would agree on everything, but we would love one another because by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Not that you go to church and talk a lot about the Bible, but that you really love people. I love the fact that Acts chapter 2, we, we talk about the power of Pentecost being poured out, but Acts chapter 2 says, and there came a sound from heaven and it filled all of their whole house where they were sitting. But notice the prerequisite of the Holy Spirit filling the whole house. It's given before when they were in one mind and in one accord. Sounds like unity. Sounds like they were one. And when they became one, the Holy Spirit came in miraculous power into that house. I want the Holy Spirit to come into this house and every campus and every home, every house that's divided. We need to give the Holy Spirit a landing pad. And the landing strip is unity. Now, this is the last prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me and through the word. That's, go to the verse. That they may be one. I'm praying, and, and the literal King James says, I do not pray for the world. Jesus said, I'm not praying for the world to get their act together. I'm praying for my church my disciples to be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you and that they may be one in us. Then the world will believe that you sent me. When they see us with undivided homes, undivided kingdoms, undivided city, undivided in our worship, undivided, and it's not that we don't have diversity, but we come together in the name of Jesus in love and let there be no divisions among you. That's what he said. And Jesus' last prayer was make them one. Make the family one. Make the marriage one. Make the house one. Make the church one. Make the city one. Make the nation one. So important. I don't care what they say or what they do. Zip it up and speak the truth in love when you have to and do your best to follow after peace with all men.
your very best. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. The elephants in Africa are the largest land animals in the world. They can live up to 70 years of age. They grow up to 14, 15 feet high. They are called the heavyweight champions of the African savanna. The bull elephant weighs up to seven tons. That's the weight of a school bus. The trunk of the elephant has the best smell, sense of smell of any animal in the animal kingdom. It can smell water 12 miles away. The trunk contains 40,000 muscles in it. It's so powerful that it can put 750 pounds of pressure, enough to wrap around a fully grounded, rooted tree and pull it up and throw it down. And yet it can lift something as small as a peanut or a feather off of the ground with that same powerful trunk. The tusk of an elephant grows up to 10 feet long. It's like a, 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 a piercing spears, two of them on both sides, and with the power that it can thrust, there's nothing that can compete with that elephant, not even the so-called king of the jungle. There is no lion that can defeat a male elephant when he's in his prime. A full-grown elephant has no natural enemies in the animal kingdom except another full-grown elephant. And when there's another full-grown elephant in its territory and it goes into musk, that male bull suddenly becomes so temperamental and so touchy that he becomes extremely aggressive and the only thing that can kill it, the only threat to it, there's no other animal in the jungle that's its natural enemy. The only thing that can destroy it is if those two giants start to fight one another. During musk, a full-grown male elephant can become extremely aggressive. It reacts with anger at the slightest provocation. The reason it does that is competition for domination to run the herd becomes fever pitch. It wants domination over the whole say-so. And it gets this hair-trigger rage that boils into a huge conflict. And suddenly these two mammoth, massive giants are fighting one another. Conflict can become so ferocious that sometimes the defeated elephants succumb to their injury. And even though they're of the same family, nobody outside can destroy them. But when giant fights giant, when Christian fights Christian, when pastor fights pastor, denomination fights denomination, when church members fight church members, when moms and dads fight each other, there's no demon authorized to destroy outside that's powerful enough because greater is he that is in you. You're a giant. You're an eagle. You're mighty. You're strong. The weapons of your warfare. You've got tusks that can take on any demon that comes. 
So the only hope the enemy has got is that he can get two of you out of agreement. For if any two of you touch and agree, don't care what's going on right now. If you touch and agree and keep praying, God said, I will hear that prayer. And I'm praying for you, Jesus said, that he would make you one. Because if you stand as one and not fight each other, the enemy knows if he can get family against family, if he can get, that's the only way he can destroy the church and destroy the city and destroy the kingdom. The nation. And here's the other thing. When the champion walks away, he's totally oblivious to the fact that the whole area where he has been fighting has been decimated. The conflict between the, these huge beasts fighting one another has left the whole area, the grass, everything destroyed. One of the proverbs of a tribe in Kenya says, when elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. The Bible says in the Old and New Testament, it likens people, you and I, to grass. Isaiah said, surely the people are grass. Peter said, all flesh is grass and the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God endures. We're like the grass. And when two of these mammoth giants begin to fight each other, the little ones down there get stomped and destroyed. I think when you understand that, that you're an eagle, you're a giant, you're giants in your family's eyes, mom, dad. You're giants in the kingdom on your job. You're giants in the church. You're giants in this nation. And all the enemy wants the believers to do is start fighting one another. Husband and wife fight one another. And guess who suffers the most? Not just the two that walk away with wounds or God forbid one just gives up and dies and then the lions attack and finish it off. But it's the children. It's the children's children. You're giants. If you could see what hell sees, it sees giants when two believers become married and have a family. And I'm not telling you that all hell will not come against you, but I'm telling you when those two giants don't fight against each other, but they fight beside each other against any force that comes, the Bible said the gates of hell cannot prevail against that power team. That's what the scripture teaches. Giants are powerful. In the Bible, giants in Genesis chapter 6 were called mighty men of renown. In the book of Numbers 13, it says of the giants that they had the ability to make people feel as though they were like grasshoppers. Whether they did that intentionally or not, it, they had the ability. They were so powerful. And I guess what I'm trying to say is your, people look up to you. They feel like a grasshopper beside you. And when you fight and you don't operate in forgiveness and the love of God, it affects the grass. Giant, just as the giants, elephants, and eagles have no natural predator, 
They have no natural enemy, so there's no natural enemy that can take you down or your family down. You have the power to paralyze hell. You have the power to terrorize Satan. You have it. Greater is he that is in you. You're gifted. God says that hell fears you. God says that he can use you and he can use a couple that stand together. No natural enemy has authority to prevail against your family when you stand in faith on the promises of God and you do not give up, but you believe. But the enemy wants you to turn and use your stuff against each other. Beware of leader against leader. Beware of husband against wife. The little ones are looking on. And they feel the vibrations when those titans are, are crashing into each other. The whole family, the whole business, when there's fights going on, the whole church feels those vibrations. The leader will eventually leave, but the devastation is there. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs 15 and 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words destroy. Proverbs 18 said, there is he that speaketh words like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. In the multitude of words, the scripture said, there is quarrels, fights, and breakups. But he that closes his lips is wise. Isn't that something? Proverbs 15 and 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but vicious words cause fraction and tearing. I'm saying to you today that the words that you speak, the letters that you send, the texts that you send, the emails that you send, the posts that you put up, the saints and the sinners are affected when leaders fight in a home, in a city, in a nation, when we as the body of Christ start fighting one another and allow that stuff to come in here, not that we don't have disagreements, not that all of us are exactly the same in every persuasion, in every area of our lives, absolutely not. The Bible clearly lets us know that there are diversity of gifts and there's diversity in the kingdom of God. It's not right for giants to fight. The only thing that can destroy is a house divided will come to desolation. A church divided will come to desolation. When giants fight, the saints suffer. The children suffer. The young people suffer. The children suffer. When husband and wife fight, all the family feels the, the, the vibrations of those fights. You've heard the expression, the elephant in the room. The expression, the elephant in the room has to do with a controversy that everybody knows it's there where all the food and you'll walk in there. And if you're like most families and most people and anybody, so all your relatives are going to be there and there's going to be some elephants, maybe two or three or four will be in there. And you're going to have to barely, you won't even hardly be able to get to your seat. I mean, it's going to be filled up with elephants. See, I feel them in here right now. And, and I'm not afraid to take the word of God and surgically remove them. 
So everyone there ignores the obvious problem because there's an elephant in the room. They know it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. But maybe because of discomfort or embarrassment or even I don't want to further worsen the conflict. But the truth is, it's an elephant in the room. And it's the little people that get devastated when big people attack one another. Jesus said, Father, I ask you for one thing. I'm not even praying for the world, the lost people. But make my church, make my families that call themselves Christian, and they are as messed up as they may be, they are. But let their dream and their desire and their effort be make them one. The Apostle Paul said, we are of one spirit. We have one hope. We have one Lord. We have one baptism. Isn't that something? Everybody say one, 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 one. God doesn't care how much you shout if you can't get to one. One in your marriage, one in your family, one, one, one. The elephant in the room, and we're trying to squeeze around it. It's even in the church. It's almost trying to overtake every church that I know of and turn races against one another. Turn, I'm so sick of labels, conservative or liberal, right wing, left wing. Aren't you tired of it? It's the elephant in the room. And when every time, are, are we going to fuss and fight every time something happens and go online and, and the sinners are watching and the kids are watching and watch Christians hit each other? It's not worth it. It's important. I'm not talking about the doctrine, but I'm talking about the fact that we may never agree on everything, but that should have nothing to do with the fact that I am called to love everybody, no matter who they are, no matter how they disagree with me. We must love one another. Shout love one another. I'm so tired of the labels. There's a powerful, powerful, powerful verse in Genesis 13 when Abraham and Lot, two massive elephants crashing into each other. The Bible said they were in a big argument over real estate and over land and their family, their family and families fighting family, bloods fighting blood. And Abraham steps up. A lot was being a jerk. Let's just tell it like it is. He was being dishonest. He was being wrong. But Abraham stepped up and said, let there be no strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. Listen to these words for everybody, for we are brethren. That's it. And I've 
come to preach today that whether you're conservative or liberal, if you have one Lord and his name is Jesus, I am not your judge and I am not your enemy. If you're a conservative, I'm not your judge. I'm not your enemy. I refuse to be enemies. We are one. We are brethren. Let there be no strife between us over temporal things. If we're going to spend eternity together in heaven of every kindred and of every tongue and of every nation, we are turn to somebody and say we are family like me or don't like me grab them by the arm and say we are family stop Letting strife be between you over every news headline that hits. God's going to judge it all one day. The truth's going to come. It may never come out down here, but God's going to judge it all. So what good does it do for you? The left wing and the right wing of a bird are necessary for flight. The left side and the right side of a river are necessary. The banks are necessary on both sides or you get a swamp. The left side of a boat and the right side of the boat are necessary or the boat won't stay afloat. And if you've ever been on a little boat and anybody gets on one side and the other side gets the advantage, what you don't want to do is stay over there. And what, you, what I do automatically, something in me says, move a little to the middle. Wouldn't it be something if we finally came to the conclusion that one side is not always right and the other side is not always right, but really what we need is if we, I value the boat. I value the family. So husband and wife, you're not always right. Get in the middle and work it out because somebody's going to go down. There's sharks in the water. I value the boat. It's 100 feet deep down there. I value the family. I value the church. So when you feel this and that, just get in the middle somewhere and love everybody. If I have not offended you, hold on. Tell somebody we're family, and I want you to really get excited about that. We're family. We're the church. And God said, Jesus said, make them one because the world's watching. The children are watching. The youth are watching. They hear those conversations that stir up evil in our homes and in our families. I wish I could preach calm. I really do. God puts in families. The capacity to stand together. And he says, stop picking. It's illegal to eat eagle. Stop picking apart each other. Stop devouring and biting one another, as the Apostle Paul said. Stop playing the comparison game when they pull up in Thanksgiving in their new car and you don't have it. You don't have one. Well, who do they think they are? <laughs> Make me sick. Oh, my God. Don't act like you're so holy that you cannot even relate. We're just going to sit around and sing hymns. That's, that's wonderful if that's what y'all do. 
Stop tearing down and believing the worst and lock arms and find any ground that you can get on and say, Lord Jesus, you're welcome here. Make us one. Who are you to judge another man's servant, Jesus said. And he was referring to, that's my servant you're talking about if they're a Christian. Romans 12 and verse 10, I'm almost done. But Romans 12 and verse 10, I want you to read it out loud with me. Romans 12 and verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Read it again. Be kind, affectionate to one. Listen to that. Not just affectionate, kindly affectionate. To one another, this Thanksgiving, says the Lord, with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference, giving honor, one translation says, to one another. I'm pretty, pretty much finished. But when you understand what I'm preaching, here's what I'm saying. You always stand for the Word of God. I stand for pro-life. I stand for marriage between a man and a woman. I stand for justice. I stand for equality because this book does. I stand against sin, which would be anything that doesn't stand for that. But here's the difference, and maybe you're having problems with somebody in your family or in your world, and it's like this. Stand against sin. I can be against what you're doing, the way you're doing it. It's against God's Word. I'm against that sin, but I'm for you. Uh, uh, you have to learn that as a parent. You have to learn that as a Christian. You have to learn that as a leader. Sometimes we feel like it's our job. Just to, uh, It's sin, it's sin. I can be against sin, but I can be for the person 100%. And a parent understands what I'm saying right now. There are moments where you cannot give. You cannot support. You cannot... Um, aid. You cannot em empower someone that you know is openly doing wrong lest you become the enabler. I'm against it, but I'm for you. And there will never be anything that will separate you from me in that way if you're willing to be one greatest power in unifying families and churches is to say, I'm for you. I'm for us. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm for my family and for my marriage. So I don't have to, I don't want to be the side of the boat in the marriage that's always up here like this. I'd rather be reconciled than be up here like this. I'm right. I'm right. Let God fix the boat with your attitude and your love. Well, I need to quit. The disciples in closing. Who's going to be the greatest? I'm going to be the greatest. Bam, they're crashing into each other. 
I want to be number one. I want to be in the second. The mother of two of the disciples ran to Jesus and said, when you get your kingdom, give seat number one, number two to my two boys. Boom, boom. And the other boys, the other disciples are angry. And it's, it's, it's kingdom against kingdom, church against church. While they're fighting among themselves, in walks the king of kings. And he gets down on his knees. And he takes a basin of water and a towel. And one of them will betray him. One of them is his absolute enemy. He knows it. He knew he would walk out of there and be responsible for selling him out put him on a cross. His name was Judas. And Jesus, one by one, while they're crashing into each other, he's praying, make them one, make them one, make them one. And he washed the feet of Judas, knowing the evil he would conspire against him. So, when giants fight against each other, the kingdom of God is hindered in your home, in your family, in the church, in the city, and in the nation. When giants fight against each other, the kingdom of God is hindered. When giants fight beside each other, the gates of hell cannot prevail. Fight beside each other, not against each other. Stand to your feet. No one moving, please. Lift your hands high toward heaven. And I want you to stand today like Abraham did. And I want you to speak over your family. Let there be no strife among us. You say that's so far. You don't know what's been done. You don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is this going to come down to they don't control it. You do when you walk in. You walk in with love and you do your best to keep love in your heart and in your spirit and let God do the rest. And don't look at them, look at you. Be responsible for you. Raise your hands high. How many of you don't know what you're walking into? Raise your hand, just be honest. It's okay, the rest are playing games. They're, they got elephants in the room, I assure you. Would you like to bring it to the feet of Jesus? Would you like to go into whatever? Because after two years of COVID and everything else, the enemy has done everything he can. If a house is divided, then comes desolation. But we have power in the name of Jesus. We have victory in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Oh, that's just a bunch of verbal, oh, same old, same old. No, it's not. This is when you engage it. This is when you pull out the sword and say, it is written, it is written, it is written. So if I'm preaching to you this morning and you know you need a miracle in your house and you need to leave some things at the feet of Jesus, get out of your seat. Couples need to come. Young people need to come. Sons and daughters need to come. Dads need to come. Moms need to come. Grandparents need to come. Bring your hurt, bring your brokenness, bring your addiction, bring your sin. Baby, you're backslid. Baby, you're far from God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Everything at the feet of Jesus. Everything.
necessary. He can heal. There's a healing balm in Gilead. He can restore. He can revive. He can do it. No man can do it. He can do it. Yes, I still believe. Claim it and sing it over this resurrection power. His blood. One His blood. That said we're all made of one blood. Your kingdom triumphs Sing it one more time. It's piercing through. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I claim this over my life. There's resurrection power. Well, it'll never be the same, Pastor. Yeah, but he makes all things new.
Everybody pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the answer. I believe you're the freedom fighter. You were born of a virgin. You lived a perfect life. You carried my sin to the cross. Three days later, you rose from the dead. and You sent the Holy Spirit so that I could be forgiven. Today, change me. Give me a tender heart. Help me to love everybody. Help me to understand who I am and what your purpose is for my life. I lay it all, the hurt, the pain, the questions, the confusion. I lay it at your feet. I lay it at your feet. It's too much for me. I can't handle it. I can't fix it. I don't know what to do. So I lay it at your feet. Would you show up? Would you come? Would you remove the elephants from the room and let us be one? We ask it. In this church, we ask it. In this nation, we ask it. Because we value the boat. We value the boat. We value our homes. We value our churches. We value our nation. Make us one. In Jesus' name. Do you love him today? Wow. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.